This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Sir Lance, Knight of the Green Door, whose words are, share the load. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire uh, book club. This week we are diving into um, uh, Aria. That's right? true, yes. Aria. Aria we are in ch- it is Aria 2, which is chapter 22. Wow, there we go. Uh, and Darren 2, a.k.a. Darren the, the Darren Good. Darren the Good. In, in a world of ice and Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, this is going to be an interesting episode for you. It guys. is, uh, guys. We are uh, kind of huddled up uh, <laughs> on the floor here. A lot of uh, furniture's gone. Yeah, Sir Ezra and I are in the uh, moving process. Yeah, We're both kind of moving back to our parents' house for like a. Well, I am for a month until I move. Yeah, I'll be here a little country. bit longer. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, we're actually up in a hot, sticky room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the old. I don't even know what you call, what I what did I call this it's Fortress kind of, of Solitude is what I called it back yeah. in the day. So, but uh, yeah, so it's been interesting. We were trying to scramble to find mics and everything, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like, where are they? At? What box are they in? Where yeah. did I put? This I had to because I moved all the stuff back to my like dad's house before I move. Yeah, just the the whole whole thing. But uh, crazy. But yeah, we're thanks. still here. Absolutely, you know, getting it done. Continuing. Yeah. So, so uh, real quick, uh, if you guys want to send a raven you can hit us up on the weirwood network at 614-547-2350 that -hmm. number again is 614-547-2350 you can send us a voicemail you have about three minutes or you can send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com yeah, and send us those ravens. Uh, as you guys know, we do follow up Friday, and so it'd uh, be nice to hear from you. We also, I think at the end here, um, well, it depends on today. I don't have the doc in front of me. I but, do. Yeah. Uh, Sir Matt's so got I'm kind of running the show today. Sir Matt's got it. It's normally uh, a uh, co-effort, but I'm just, <laughs> it's wherever I want it to go today. That's right. I, I, won't, even, I won't even know. So, uh, But uh, origin stories, we, we'd love to hear more. We've got, I've got about four or five. Uh, in the email that uh, we could probably pull up at some point for Follow Up Friday uh, or for the main show. You know, just just love to hear about how people got into the books or the or the HBO series, which happened first, all that good stuff. Nice to kind of kind of know. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, let's go ahead and head over to the small council where we bring you some updates on life and some news. So, Sir Ezra, how's uh, how's life treating you? Uh, I'm busy. I'm busier than I've ever been. <laughs> actually, I feel like. Um, I'm just like sitting here. I'm like sticky, sweaty, been moving. Dude, the amount of things that I was able to fit into that small pickup truck. Right. I'm just so impressed. How like, much how much now that you're and uh do you realize do you realize you that you own? How much stuff do you realize you own? Uh so that so halfway through the process, I just started getting garbage bags and just throwing stuff out cuz I was like yeah. this is a joke. Too much. This like, is I a joke. Own, I own too much stuff. Not yeah. wasting gas to move this from one place to the other. What is what's going on here? You yeah. know, so um, yeah, but I've got all of my actually right next to me in this uh, green box here. I've got my uh, uh, Game of Thrones, um, you know, Song of Ice and Fire series. I've got everything in there ready to go. So, yeah. well, that. hey, hey, speaking of that, I yeah. saw this on Twitter today, um, and uh, it was a tweet by Adam Whitehead, who is the guy who that um, I believe he does the map 
Remember that Atlas? Cool. At- oh that, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, Atlas yeah. of uh, Ice and Fire. Well, he didn't do the Atlas of Ice and Fire, but remember he has the blog where he breaks down. But he talks about. He, it. he yeah. breaks down all that stuff. Yeah, we found him. So I, I have right. a, this is a trusted trusted source here. Okay. Word World Wild. Excuse me. Worldwide sales of a Song of Ice and Fire appear to have topped ninety million. Mm-hmm. Meaning it has overtaken a Wheel of Time as the biggest selling post Tolkien epic fantasy. Of course, it says Wheel of Time could strike back hard though if the TV series that it's supposed to be getting, um, you know, boosts book sales in the same way that a Game of Thrones has. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really interesting. You know, um, that actually I don't know if we did this. Did we ever plug that that Wheel of Time podcast? Uh, no, we didn't. So okay, we we had someone a listener ask us to do that because we've talked about it multiple times. Uh, we love Wheel of Time and the idea right. of a TV show for that and everything would be would be crazy. There's actually and I typically do not do this, um, but Sir Matt knows for like a week I've been like obsessed with these guys since we've yeah. found out about them. Um, but it's a Wheel of Time spoilers podcast. You type that in, they'll come right up. W O T spoilers podcast. And uh, a couple guys, I, I'm actually sending um, Sir Matt on a mission when he gets to Portland, Oregon. Uh, to uh, is that where these, they're from? Yeah. Oh well, I'll go find them. Yeah, hit these guys and I'll up. make them bend the fucking knee. That's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I actually hope when I when we travel out there that we get to go, you know, maybe collaborate yeah. with them and stuff. Because, yeah, for sure. Uh, they're they're uh, mm. they're pretty cool. They're they're pretty neat. But that's uh, that's a that's an achievement. I mean, because they're Absolutely. for a long time. I mean, Wheel of Time. When you walked into a bookstore before the HBO series came out, that was what they were pushing was yeah. Wheel of Time. Buy this. You, this is you know what I want? I want a crossover. I want oh wow the, you know the mother of dragons and the dragon reborn that sounds wow. like a power couple okay? that does sound like a power couple <laughs> that's for sure could you imagine I mean Randall Thor he's a real dragon yeah he's, he is a real <laughs> dragon actually yeah oh so uh, yeah that's all right great. cool well okay let's go ahead and head on over to the Maester's study this week we're talking about Darren the Good yeah yeah. Um, so get ready for some Black Fire Rebellion here yeah. in the Excuse me. In the 184th year since Aegon's conquest, Aegon the Fourth, the unworthy, at last let go of life. His son and heir, Prince Darren, departed Dragonstone within a fortnight after learning of his father's demise and was swiftly crowned by the High Septum in the Red Keep. He chose to be crowned with his father's crown, a decision likely intended to quell any remaining doubts about his legitimacy. Darren then acted swiftly to put many of the things that Aegon had... uh, had put wrong, beginning by removing all of the members of the king's small council and replacing mm-hmm. them with men of his own choosing, men of whom proved wise and capable counselors. It was a year and more before the city's watch was similarly repaired, for King Aegon had oft used promotion to the watch as a way to shower, um, you know, just sh- shower promote. Uh, yeah. His, on people who, who just in his favor. Right? Yeah, in his favor, yeah. And uh, in turn, they made sure that the brothels and even the decent women of the city were available oh, for yeah, Aegon. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, Darren did not stop there, however. In his efforts to improve those things that his father has corrupted or left to rot, uh, he was conscientious in his duties to the realm and sought to stabilize in the wake of Aegon's deathbed decree, which legitimized all of his bastard half-siblings, although he could not and would not rescind his father's last wishes. He did what he could to keep the great bastards close, mm-hmm. treating them honorably and continuing the incomes that the king had bestowed upon them. 
He paid the dowry that Aegon had promised to the Archon of Tyrosh, thereby seeing his half-brother, Daemon Blackfire, wed to Rowan of Tyrosh as Aegon had desired. For all that Sir Daemon was only four and ten on their wedding day, he granted Daemon a tract of land near the Blackwater with, this right, uh, with the right to raise a castle. Some said he did such things to assert his rule and legitimacy over the great bastards as others because he was kind and just, but whatever the truth, such efforts sadly proved in vain. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people say, um, well, just from, from that reading there, the idea is, is he, is he daring the good or is he daring the foolish? Yeah. You know, like, uh, should he have continued and allowed these great bastards to, uh, have their incomes, you know, have their keeps, their castles, their lands, all that kind of, you know, good stuff, the stuff that they're entitled to. And I think, personally, uh, that he's just being a good, just, you know, that was promised by his father and he's following through on that. You yeah. Know? Um, because some of that is they're taking incomes that would be his, you know, because mm-hmm. he's, you know, essentially they're his half siblings, you know, yeah. uh, and, and stuff. So, uh, and they say it could be part of his, um, well, not his demise, but uh, the the Blackfire Rebellion, absolutely, uh, which we're about to get into here. In absolutely, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and so then um, right here. So in the world of Ice and Fire, sometimes it it gives you these little segments where it yeah. kind of talks about something else, and in the audiobook, somebody else talks about. It. So um, it's another maester, I think. It is. It is. It is a different maester, which is interesting when you're listening to the audiobook. Yeah. <sighs> It has been said in the years after Damon Blackfire proved a traitor that his hatred of Darren began to grow early. It was Aegon's desire, not Damon's, that he be wed to Rowan of Tyrosh. Instead, Damon had developed a passion for Darren's sister, mm-hmm. young Princess Daenerys. Daenerys yeah. Only two years younger than Damon, the princess supposedly loved um, the prince uh, in turn if the singers can be believed but neither Aegon the fourth nor Darren the second were willing to let such feelings rule in matters of state Aegon saw more profit to a tie to Tyrosh uh, perhaps because its fleet would be of use if he made another attempt to conquer Dorne mm-hmm. this seems plausible enough but a different tale claims that Damon Blackfire was not so much opposed to reading Rowan of Tyrosh as he was convinced that he could follow in the footsteps of Aegon the Conqueror and Megor the Cruel yep. and have more than one bride. Aegon might have even promised to indulge him in this, um, but da- but Darren was of different mind entirely. Not only did Darren refuse to permit his brother more than one wife, but he also gave Daenerys' hand to Marin Martell as part of the bargain to finally unite the Seven Kingdoms with Dorne. Whether Daenerys loved Daemon as those who rose to the, uh, for the black dragon later claimed, who could say, in the years afterward, Daenerys was never aught but a loyal wife to Prince Marin, and if she mourned Damon Blackfire, she left no record of it. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, all that kind of says, um, there. It, it's sort of like, why does Damon Blackfire, right, why, why does he end up rebelling? Mm-hmm. Why does he, what, what caused this? Because, you know, it, the, um, later on it will say that, some of these ru- this rumor mill and people whispering to Damon happened w- years before the rebellion actually mm-hmm. started. What was it that finally tipped him into, you know, deciding he was going to rebel? And you know, the, I think it's Archmaester Gildane there is kind of making the the, the point that um, it could have been this uh, idea of marriage. Either he wanted two wives, and mm-hmm. Darren said no, and maybe Aegon. I could see a- Aegon actually saying, "Yeah, that'd be cool." Yeah, you know, I mean, why wouldn't you say that'd be cool? And the other part is uh, the idea that uh, that maybe he did truly love Daenerys and she loved him back, and then 
he didn't get to be with the one woman that he loved. And he's been kind of just, uh, you know, not sold off, but he's been, you know, yeah. uh, arranged. The marriage is arranged. Yeah. And so then Darren, then Darren sells off his sister essentially to, uh, to Dorn to try and mm-hmm. bring in the thing together. And then he really raises this Marin uh, of Dorn yeah. up yeah. Yeah. a lot. He, um, King Darren raised up the Dornish prince to great acclaim, and together they departed uh, the Red Keep and rode to the Great Sept to lay a golden wreath at the foot of the statue of Baylor the Blessed, proclaiming, Baylor, your work is, is done. done. Yeah. Um, then the next year he decides um, to raise a great seat in the Dornish marches, Near to where the uh, mm. boundaries of the Reach, the Stormlands, and Dorm met, calling it Summerhall. Summerhall. That's a big deal. Huge deal. Because from this point forward, we, we talk about Summerhall, and it is, it's a seat that, they, that he made, essentially. Because mm-hmm. you've got a lot of uh, these great bastards and different things. They needed like another house. Like it's, I think it goes on to say it called a palace, really. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was more of a palace than a castle, uh, and lightly fortified at best. Um, and then, you know, a lot of... Yeah, a lot of many many sons there. I believe that's where Rhaegar is born. Is it? Yeah, I think Rhaegar is born, or at least they're they're having a celebration at Summer Hall. Yeah, um, as for Rhaegar's birth, and then that's when Aegon the Fifth, Egg, uh, I guess, tries yeah. to use wildfire to light off to open some dragon eggs, and we know it wow. burns down and presumed dead. Right, yeah, we don't Bugger know. Gur yeah. has also said on record, I'm not ready to write I'm not that ready to yet. tell that story yet, yeah. You know, uh, in, backing up just a little bit, um, uh, is, is it Marin Martell, right? Mm-hmm. The, the guy who's, uh, you know, he, he ends up uh, taking uh, Princess uh, Daenerys. Um, da- da- Daenerys. It's, uh, there's a whole little bit on him, like him building that pool. Remember the, the pool that the children play in and stuff like yeah. that and kind of like prepping for her to get there? And they actually have a fruitful marriage and it's like, you know, uh, it seems really, you know, well off, I guess. Right. Um, and it does really keep Dorn in the mix here. And remember that um, that Darren the Good uh, is actually married years ago. He was married uh, to Mariah. Yeah. Is it Mariah Martell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her name? Yeah. Um, yeah, Mar- so, yeah. Mariah. Because I talked about Mariah that. of Dorn, now yeah. Queen of the Seven Kingdoms. Right. Had been happy and fruitful. Yep. Yeah, so that and that's important because I mean I think on follow up Friday I was talking about my my Rainey's theory and how not all Targaryens will end up looking like your traditional Targaryen, um, you know, like like uh, Daenerys Stormborn and stuff like that. So you know, which makes me think is that like looking at dominant and recessive traits, you know, it seems like you you really can't tell. I mean, because when you look at uh, Darren. right, and Mariah and their offspring, as I had said before, because it goes on to talk about right. Baylor and yep. Makar. Two very different people. Two very different. I mean, born from the same, you know, uh, mother and father, and they look completely different. One looks very Dornish. One looks yep. very much like the purple-eyed, silver-haired, you know, Targaryen. Uh, Targaryen, yeah. you know. So, yeah, and uh, so, and maybe it's his. Maybe it's his. It's ultimately more so uh, Darren's marriage that causes really the Blackfire Rebellion, because uh, goes on to say here. Um, yeah, you're right. However, Prince Baron had had few, had. Uh, Few concessions in uh, in the accord, and the lords of Dorne held significant rights and privileges that other great houses did not. The right to keep their royal rule first among them, but also the autonomy to maintain their own laws. Mm-hmm. 
Um, basically, just what I was going to say, the dissatisfaction at these concessions was one of the seeds from which the Blackfire Rebellion was sprang. Yeah, because it goes on to kind of say that they, those lords would come to Damon and, and, and basically tell him, you know, because Damon is, it was born from one of the Targaryens out of the Maiden Vault. I don't know if it was yep. a, a Dana the Defiant or, yeah. or one of them, but uh, who slept with Aegon the Unworthy. And uh, yeah. and there's still the idea that uh, maybe Darren isn't actually Aegon's son. Right, yeah, those rumors. So that would make Damon Blackfire the true, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So true heir, especially because I actually for, totally forgot that um, Darren unlegitimizes all of the uh, random ones, all the baseborn. Oh, kids. really? Yeah, that, yeah, that's what it says at the beginning of the chapter, is that he, oh, okay. he quickly says that. nope, but then he leaves the... The great bastards. Yeah, the great yeah. ones, yeah. Okay, yeah. Interesting, but yeah, because um, we're about to get into this this bit where they're all kind of coming forward and saying Dorne has too much power. Basically, Dorne is still independent, but yet they have now mm-hmm. influence over the realm and seats at court and stuff like that, you yeah. know? Um, so, but you gotta, you gotta court Dorne for a while. Absolutely. You know, if you want to bring him in. Yeah. So, uh, Darren, however, quickly stabilizes the realm, and he became known to be called Darren the Good by the small folk. Um, he's just kind of seen as a good-hearted person. Um, and though there was no warrior uh, descriptions of the era, uh, note that he was small frame with thin arms, round shoulders, and scholarly disposition. Two of his four sons seemed all that could be wished in a knight, lord, uh, lord or heir. The eldest, Prince Baylor, mm-hmm. won the name Breakspear at the age of 17. Um and he uh, famously following his victory at Princess Daenerys's wedding ceremony where he defeats Damon mm-hmm. Blackfire. Yeah. And then his youngest son, Prince Makar, also is uh, young kind and upcoming. Of, kind of a kind yeah. of a beast as well as well. Right. Yeah. Formidable mm-hmm. on the on the field and in tourneys, yeah. But uh, yet too many men look upon Baylor's dark hair and eyes and muttered that he was more Martell than Targaryen. Even though he proved a man who could win respect Backed, knights and lords of the Dornish marches came to tr- mistrust Darren mm-hmm. um, and Baylor as well as they began to load more and more to the look more and more to the old days when Dornish men were enemies. Yeah, not uh, you know not rivals for the king's attention. Yeah, you know, and it's that it's that kind of mentality. You, you I get Dorne was isolated, and I don't think you know they might have envoys come up you know to the to the red keep and stuff but you didn't have a lot of them in king's landing no. and now they're sitting in positions you know they're they're at court they're right. on the they're on the council you know what right. i mean it's it's sort of like uh what's going and Dorne on and really is in the fray here until about game of thrones where it starts mm-hmm. really it's 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 the robert's rebellion which kind of causes Dorne to go back into well we don't right you're right yeah. about that, actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so, anyway, so it says, and then they would look at Damon Blackfire, grown tall and powerful, half a god among mortal men, with a conqueror's sword in his possession, and wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The seeds of the rebellion had been planted, but it took years for them to fruit. There was no final insult, no great wrong that led Damon Blackfire to turn against King Darren. It was truly all for the love of Daenerys. How is it that eight years had passed before the rebellion bloomed? That was a long time to harbor thwarted love, especially when Rowan had already given him seven sons and daughters besides, mm-hmm. and Daenerys had borne Prince Marin several heirs. Yeah. So it's kind of like they're saying that, you know, it could have been this love that that's that the only thing that they can really point to is that mm-hmm. you know that this uh, animosity between his marriage or whatever but like it's been fruitful that's a long time to hold that grudge and then why didn't why didn't you you know uh you know i 
basically rebel earlier. Um, I think he finally just, he, he you know, over those eight years he has more support. Yeah. By the end, you know? yeah, I think it just grows. I yeah. think it just grows grows over time. Well, and you're about to. I think uh, the part that's yeah, going to appear the, is the, the final the final nail. Yeah, the final nail in the coffin right here is. Yeah. Uh, it says, perhaps at first, Damon Blackfire merely indulged such talk for the sake of his vanity. After all all these years had passed between the first men approaching him and the actual rebellion, what tipped him? It seemed likely that it was another one of the great bastards, Sir Agor Rivers, called Bittersteel. Yep. And, uh, yeah, when you have Bittersteel's support, who is, like, a very skilled warrior, yeah. and then, you know, you kind of cut your brother, your brother saying... You know, he's not saying, well, maybe I should be king. He's saying, no, you should be king. Right, yeah. That's... Yeah, for sure. That's that's where that's where um, it, we get this split between Agor, you know, and Brendan, you know, mm-hmm. uh, r- r- uh, Brendan Rivers, yeah, excuse me. And uh, so, I don't know, it's just, it's it's tough. And maybe that was the final, you know, having, some, having another great bastard say to you, you deserve to be king. You know? Yeah. It seems odd, though. We don't really see that. You know what I mean? We, I feel like we, that's like, we don't, it's rare that we see people in like the show or in the books and in general it's normally like they're vying for their own power. Yeah, and and so maybe there's something some hidden hidden uh agenda that we'll get later. Yeah, for for bitter steel as to why bitter steel would want. Maybe it's because his line if if it's like well if Damon can take it perhaps I could take it or one of my sons could take it later. Yeah, maybe. Uh maybe one also one of the reasons they go on to say is that the Brackens you know, and the Blackwoods. So, Agor um, Rivers is is born from uh, forget her, I forget her first name, but born from a Bracken, right? Um, and then Brendan Rivers is born from Melissa Blackwood, and Melissa was like well liked at court. Right, she stayed. She was in the king's favor for years, and in Aemon the Dragon Knight's favor and Nary's favor. So. Brendan grew up much more in the court and like in it and in this right. position of of uh, being favorited, and whereas Agor did not and yeah. is bitter, you yeah. Know? Um, and so, well, and Damon and Damon is actually a Targaryen. He's not even a he's not he's not even like a smaller house. He is actually a Targaryen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which so. actually is he the first Targaryen we see? What do you mean? The first Targaryen bastard we see? Uh. Not like not Targaryen, as in all the father. Is he the first where the mother is? Oh, um, huh. That's interesting. I think he is. Oh, I see what you're saying, because the other ones were uh, the other ones would be like the other ones would be like, well, egg, you know, somebody sleeps with somebody else, like you know, right? A Targaryen sleeps with someone outside of the family. I get you. This what, is, what you're this saying is, is this Aegon is, the unworthy. All of his other bastards were from other houses. They might have been noble houses, but right. lesser house, tavern wench, whatever. Right. But the, his the, the bastard that he had with it with his own family, you know, um, yeah. With with da- with I think it's Dana. Yeah. Uh, if, if I'm wrong on that, correct us. But one of the sisters, one of Baylor's sisters from the Maiden Vault. Right. Um. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Now that would make him more than anyone ever right, really. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. So Never maybe that's maybe that, maybe that's that. another reason is where it's like well you know you have a legit claim because you're actually a Targaryen you're born from you're two, still a tar- Targaryen like you're, yeah you're still like Targaryen you're not like a sand because I was or about to say or, yeah like when he's legit when the other ones are legitimized you know because um, because technically I, mean, I see what you're saying yeah because the other ones are legitimized too so they're still technically also Targaryens are they that's my question yeah you know is that is that would Brendan because that's why they keep their name that that right. the name of River they're still legitimized. 
but they're still legitimized bastards. Yeah. Which is tough. So it's like, but you have a point in that Damon is, his mother's a Targaryen and his father's a Targaryen. Yeah. And I think so, uh, he's the only one I can think of. Well, with the exception of possibly Darren. Oh, yeah. Sure. If, if Darren if, if is. Darren is if Darren is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I Did you know, strongly okay, think he is. Back to your point, though, when we talk about what all is happening, like, it's, isn't it kind of odd that this, how did this rebellion develop or whatever? I actually think it might kind of mirror this idea that, that uh, Cersei Lannister is having, you know, um, kids that are not the king's kids gotcha yep and you think about that that's exactly what it could be maybe that rumor is stirring or whatever and people are realizing that like wait a second you know so the rumor that the king himself the Aegon, uh the unworthy starts to spread about his own son you know that's kind of crazy that is and then he gives the black gives black fire to damon he probably knows and so i mean he's he's, he probably does know i mean if he's he's seen he's seen enough little kids running around he's probably like that kid ain't mine (laughs) actually that might be true uh but anyways it's just kind of interesting to i think we'll get more in that second volume of fire and blood whenever it comes out yeah once we get to that point, would be kind of neat to see what the backstory is and all of it. So, um, all right, here we go. So, uh, in the end years, such talk bore fruit, and Damon Blackfire made his decision. Yet it was a decision he made rashly, for word soon reached King Darren that Blackfire meant to declare himself king with the turn of the moon. Um, it says we don't actually know if how was- this happened. There's an unfinished book that suggests that uh, Brendan Rivers was somehow involved. That he that he was the that blood raven. Blood raven was yeah. the informant to tell yeah. Darren, "Oh, hey, this is this, this is, is happening. this is happening." Yeah, but I kind of think just before you go on that if somebody wanted what you're about to read next, I think is where um, the, the opposite, like people say, no, because he imprisoned Damon. Yeah, that's why the rebellion. Started. Yeah, it says the king set Kingsguard to arrest Damon before he could take plans to treason any further. Damon was forewarned, and with help of the famously hot-tempered Sir Quentin Ball, called mm-hmm. Fireball, who you yep. read more about in uh, yeah, Mystery, Mystery Night. Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was able to escape the Red Keep safely. Damon Blackfire's allies use this attempted arrest as cause for war. Yep, uh, and this is basically what happens. Is uh, yeah, know? yeah. I mean, and and, and he he proclaims this. Uh, he proclaims that he had been sired not by the king but by his brother, the Dragon Knight. So you know, I'm thinking about this now, Sir Ezra. Do you think yep. it's more that you have Damon and Darren, and they just don't like each other, but really you have these two more powerful allies on each side, and that you have Bitter Steel mm-hmm. on Damon's side, and yep. you have Blood Raven right. on Darren's side, and it's really their kind of scheming that's kind of going on, pushing the other people away from each other. Well, not just away from each other, oh, but yeah. towards actual, like towards towards, towards war. war. Yeah, right. in that, um, in that maybe the, both of them would have just lived forever and just hated each other, and maybe something would have happened eventually. But you have obviously we see, oh, yeah, they're we see what happens. Too. We see what happens with Bittersteel. Yeah. He creates the Golden Company. I mean, he's yeah, you know. So he's clearly a very powerful, like scheming kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have Blood Raven, who is, you know, maybe the ultimate schemer ever. Yeah, I honestly think it could be one of those things where, um, like, let's say whoever it was. So maybe it's the first time that this you're gonna say this is crazy. But if Blood Raven is the one who goes back to King Darren and says, "Hey, Damon is plotting to, you know, uh, rebel or whatever and take the, the right. throne for himself." Perhaps if you're bitter steel and you know that Blood Raven is out spying and do these different things, you plant a false rumor, this false, you know, whatever, and then Darren acted on it 
and then that's what they wanted him to do. Yeah. Therefore, now we're ready to go to war. So, so now here, it could be a lot of, that would right. be a great move, you know. Here's some questions for you. Yeah. As as we as we progress here. Not that we want to go down rabbit holes right this second. This well, is follow-up Friday territory. <laughs> but something we haven't talked about with Blood Raven is we kind of always just assume uh, you know where I'm going. We're mm-hmm. about to we're about to get back into the topic. Yep. That Blood Raven just he later in life he becomes you know, Lord Commander goes off. Right. Yeah. Is he the three eyed crow? Yeah. Or is he he's at least being possessed by it? Whatever. Right. We're still he's there. We're, yeah. He's there. He's certainly involved with it. Yeah. Um, do you think he had crow dreams or that the that the crow sought him out like it did Bran when he was a kid? Wow. That's a great question. So is it possible that he that that he was being because we don't know actually how he gets in that cave. We don't know if he just Mm-mm. finds it Mm-mm. or if he knows about it. Maybe he was being called as well, yeah, and right. maybe he is being influenced. Yeah, I don't know. Good you point. Know? At this point, is he having? I think he does have sort of like a lot of the Targaryens have those. They call them like what dragon dragon dreams. dreams yeah, you know. But really, it's the same green thing. dream, same as a green dream. I think right. in my mind. Uh, uh, they, you know, they can kind of see things that are going because, to happen. Yeah, because it's believed happen. he's the last green seer. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he would definitely have foresight right. into yeah. all this stuff. So Right. So I think some of that's going on, and then it's like, because that's the same same thing with Bran. It's like Bran probably has that in him, but it's the idea that did some did something, like the three-eyed crow, appear you know, to Brendan Rivers, just like it did to Bran, to awake yeah. that power within. Yeah. You know this follow-up Friday, we're going to have so many I hope pro so. questions again. Okay, here we so. go. <laughs> well, it, Lord, this is a, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point it for is. people to go back into the history and say, okay, this happened with Bran. What do you think it was like for, for Bloodraven? You right. know what I mean? Because like, at this point, I mean, at this point, keep in mind, Bloodraven still has a thousand eyes and one, and he's still, well, not, yeah. well right now he has two right eyes. Now, right now he has right two now eyes. Two <laughs> eyes. <laughs> so two he's, eyes. Yeah. he's a thousand eyes and two. Um, but he's about to have he's about to have one, one as, eye, as, yeah. as as we go here so yeah um, anyway just something interesting to think about so that's basically what happens is uh, the rebellion began and then actually in the world of ice and fire it kind of um keeps going doesn't it it does but it's it's so funny because it basically says in this manner in this manner the black fire rebellion began in 196 ac reversing the colors of the traditional dragon targaryen arms to show a black dragon on a red field yeah um and then you have Everyone else proclaiming for um, Damon yep. or Darren, excuse me. Subsequently, many battles were fought, but none. And then it goes right, says next next paragraph. The rebellion ended. Yeah, <laughs> the, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't dive into it a lot. Actually, no. you. I feel like you almost get more in the Dunkin' Egg series. You do, and I think he's saving. You get it through Eustace right. Osgray, mm-hmm. you know, and those guys, uh, the Checky Lion, talking yeah. about how his sons were lost. At, yeah. So, so I guess the big takeaway here, though, is uh, the Redgrass Battle of the Redgrass Field one year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, to really just kind of shorten this up, essentially what happens is there's a big, huge battle Mm -hmm. and, um, Blood Raven is actually the one who kind of, Baylor Breakspear shows up, Magor shows up. Right. It's it's pretty cool. When they're describing it, it's, it's, it's super cool. But ultimately what happens is Blood Raven shows up and just with his archers just kills Damon Targaryen with archers. Yeah, we don't actually understand. It was almost like I, I wonder if they were undercover and hidden a little bit because it seems like Damon is leading this charge with his two eldest sons mm-hmm. and uh, Blood Raven and, and the Raven's Teeth. You know, uh, they end up they end up shooting Damon and his sons dead. 
mm-hmm. and Bittersteel picks up Blackfire and tries to rally Damon's men mm-hmm. and press on for the you know for for your king you know mm-hmm. they, they, might, they who knows I don't know if they crowned him they whatever push forward yeah. for Damon and uh, that's when you have this epic battle between Blood Raven you know uh, and or, Bittersteel or Brendan Rivers and and Agor and Agor Rivers yeah. or uh, Bittersteel yeah yeah so they have a one on one battle which is right. sick and uh, all, all all we really know is that Bittersteel takes Blood Raven's eye and then right. he leaves yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, some, yeah, they they pull each other away, they go into retreat, whatever. Right, whatever but, happens. Well, because yeah. the reason they had to, uh, or did they catch Better Steel? Uh, no, capture? no. So right here. So all right. So um, so I'll, I'll just I'll I'll read some I'll read some of the, some of the battle here. Um, yeah, it says uh, Damon, uh, Aegon, and Aemon were brought down uh, beneath the withering fall of arrows sent by Brennan Rivers and his private guards, the Ravens' teeth. This was followed. So, Aegon Rivers or. Damon. Damon Blackfire's dead. Dead. He's yeah. dead. He's dead. And Bitter Steel charges, charges with yeah. Blackfire in his hand. Yeah. Because he takes it. He does. And we don't know what happens. We know he still we, has it. We don't, yeah, as far, that's, we don't know what happens to the sword. Um, and he attempts to rally Damon's forces, meeting with Bloodraven in the midst of a uh, charge, having a mighty duel, which leaves Bloodraven eyed and uh, Bitter Steel ends up leaving mm-hmm. but the whole battle comes to an end when prince and we'll this is why we'll get to him and this yeah. is his probably defining moment yeah so this cool. is when you get to the duncan egg series yeah this is who we're talking he's in the yeah. duncan egg series when yeah. you get the duncan egg series uh i i guess we'll spoil it a little bit it's um we keep pushing it there's yeah. this part where where dunk is like looking for somebody to be his seventh champion yeah. and out of nowhere comes balor Breakspear, yeah, who is a boss. He's a boss. Uh, it says the battle came to an end when Prince Baylor Breakspear appears with a host of Stormlords and Dornish men, and they fall on the Rebel rear, kind of, kind of entrapping them in there. And then Prince Makar comes in too. He's the anvil. Yeah. He's, he's the anvil, and yeah, they just, they and just, just it's just it's just too much. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's too much. But yeah, two uh, brothers coming in there for their yeah. for their dad. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really cool. <laughs> it's super cool. Yeah. But, so uh, yeah, and, and, but so and then. Um, Agor though. Agor just flees. He yeah. he 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 gets out. He gets out of there. So, okay. um, so anyway, so that's the end of the first Blackfire Rebellion. Um, and then really, what ends up happening with Darren after that? Um, he shows a sternness that few accepted. Many lords and knights who had supported the Black Dragons and um, uh, had lands and seats and privileges stripped from them and were forced to give over hostages. Yeah, he he um he rules with an iron fist here. Yeah, King Darren uh becomes King Darren the Good to D- King Darren the Stern. Mm-hmm. Uh and he actually uh as, as you just read, he's he penalizes people, he takes away their land. We see that with Eustace Osgray. Yeah. His lands are stripped from him. He has one keep left. You know, taxes go up, different things. Yeah. Uh and it really what what made him so upset was I am called Darren the Good. I feel yeah. like I've done everything just. I've been good. I've I've tried to rule fairly and all these different things, and still they mm-hmm. rebelled against me. And he so he gets angry. He gets upset. Um, but he, he he rules until that until the spring uh, where the sickness uh, ends up taking him. Though, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, and then uh, just one last thing that's really cool here is. Uh, it just talks about. Uh, it goes in to talk a little bit about Baylor Breakspear and how he's supposed to be this great king, except he was unfortunately killed at this at this at this tournament here. Yeah. Uh, says uh, in which in which Baylor and then he's killed actually by his brother Makar and kind yeah. of it's kind of an accident. On accident. Yeah. Uh, says um, 
Baylor Breakspear was cut down in his prime by his own brother, Makar, at the tourney at Ashford in the year 209 AC. It was not in the tilt or the melee, but in a ritual of seven, the first in a century in which Baylor fought on behalf of a lowly hedge knight of no par- parentage of note. Yeah. His death was a mishap, almost certainly, and it is written that Prince Makar always bitterly regretted Baylor's passing and marked its anniversary every year. Yet Baylor died, and doubtless Makar in the realm wondered if one hedge knight was worth the loss of Prince of the Prince of Dragonstone and the Hand of the King. But then they did not know how high that hedge knight would rise. Yeah. But that is a different history. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, so cool. It's so I mean, cool. That's my favorite line in like all of Ice yeah, and Fire. They didn't know how high he would rise. Yeah. And it's just it's great. Yeah. So it's it's great. It's all there is to that. Um, um okay. Yeah. And so um and then it uh, I, I don't know, actually trying to find it. Or does it even does it actually even talk about his death? The the spring the, the 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 fever that took because uh, uh, it ended up taking right after that it take it takes Baylor's sons so it takes King Darren um, that fever um, was it the red gotcha. fever is that, is yeah that, yeah the great the great spring sickness yep you're right the great spring so sickness, yeah. is Darren the is Darren the king at the beginning it, it, he is the king at the beginning of yes he is at the ki- at the beginning of, uh, of the, the the hedge knight the hedge he knight. is and then he and then Ares is now king during uh huh. Yep, during and uh, actually so, during Sworn Sword. So uh, Baylor Breakspear dies before the year of the 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 spring, the spring sickness. sickness, which is why he would have been king. He would have been king, and then so next in line are his sons. Yeah, his sons also die in the spring sickness. Yeah, um, and so, the, so then it goes to um, yeah, Darren's. Uh, yeah, well, actually, it goes to Annie's first. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it goes yeah, to Annie's, Annie's yeah. and then it'll go to Makar. Yeah, which is crazy. Absolutely is crazy. crazy. Uh, the, 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 and then all of Makar's kids die and we'll get to egg the fifth, egg the unlikely, egg yeah, on the um, unlikely. Yeah, I know. And it, that's where you have to start reading, uh, the Dunkin' Egg series. It's you, so you good. Have to really out. right now is when you start. Right now. You we, we, start. we, we are always pushing it because we, we think it's so good, but if you, now is the time where you need that fluff material in the middle, but I don't even call it fluff material. No, it's the best. It's, 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 it's the best love, that's ever been written. I like it. I, <laughs> it's crazy. It's so crazy. It's so, the day in and day out of, of a hedge night. It's I unreal. I will say everyone that has messaged us and they're like, finally sat down. You guys convinced me. They're like, thank you. Like, oh, seriously. <laughs> so Robbie of Newcastle is like, man, I listen to it straight, like straight through. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. And there's it, it's I, I can't tell you guys. I just you have. That's why it's our giveaway. You know, when we do the dragon yep. egg, you know, contest and stuff. It will always be a giveaway. We will always send someone that book if we can. Yep. So, so. Okay, but so all right. right here. All right, so now let's go ahead into the reread. Jump over into the reread. This week we are in Aria Two, which seems crazy. Yeah, it does. This is the thing about POV chapters. Sometimes you get them in other characters' chapters. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. So last week we were in Tyrion Three, um, just in which Tyrion was getting ready to leave the Wall. That's right. He yep. was talking to John. He was talking to everybody. Sir Alistair Thorne, he kind of made fun of. Yeah, he, he wanted was... to duel Alistair Thorne with his fork. Right. Yep. He was dissing him. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. all right. So this. Uh, so Arya's last POV. Arya runs out of her needlework session to watch the boys practice in the yard. Yeah. Which seems so long ago. It does. Yeah. But again, that's just that was her last POV. So this yeah. week. Arya too. Unhappy at King's Landing, Arya abandons her dinner. Her father comes to her room to ask her, um, and sees her, uh, and sees her sword out. Yep. After a long talk, he decides to he decides not to take the sword away. Um, and then several days later, she meets her dancing instructor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, um, we're just gonna go at this general um, mm-hmm. points here. Okay. Things that I thought uh, were interesting about this chapter. 
really just the, again, always weaving in the references to Liana mm-hmm. when we talk about Arya, especially when, when Eddard is there. Yeah. Um, so, so that happens quite a bit. You know, um, her, her wildness, um, there's a part, and I'm sure you have it underlined, and I'm sure you're going to talk about yeah. it, but the, the bit about lies. Yeah. And what, you know, do you have something yeah. to read from that part? Uh, no, I, I, just, I, have, I have other things, other things, other okay. things to get through first, but yeah. That's fine. I just wanted to throw that out there because when we get to, don't let me forget that part okay. because the idea when he talks about, you know, um, what's in a lie and why we lie and that kind of stuff, it's very interesting and kind of yeah. foreshadowing a lot. Um, all right, here we go. So just first first line here is something I, I, I want to bring up. Her father had been fighting with the council again. Arya could see it on his face when he came to the table late again, as he had so often. And so really just that line right there is something that we talk about um, in that sometimes this is what I like about the show is that the show kind of adds in some stuff like stuff, events that probably happen that we just don't see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and um, actually, every Eddard chapter with the council we see, yeah. um, but it's just like th- when I think about like that Robert scene where Robert's talking to Barris and Selmy and Jamie. It's not in the books, but yeah, it probably happened. Yeah, it probably did. Yeah, it probably did, and probably did. And so like little fluff lines like that is where you can kind of I think that's actually a good place to add in some of the stuff that happens in the show that probably to fill happened. It out. Yeah, yeah, to fill it out. Yeah, exactly. And stuff like that too, where we're like, man, we never hear about Ned. Actually, with the council, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just line, just just lines like that, right? right. Um, and then basically we find out, oh, there's gonna be a tournament, and Edhard Stark's still not happy about it. Right. And Sansa it's wants be, to go, yep, and Arya's Arya's like, I don't care. Right. Um, and Septimore Dane uh, says, well, you sh- should make sure they go because of all of the yeah, because because Princess Marcella is gonna be there, right? Mm-hmm. And she's younger than Sansa, mm-hmm. and if she can go, then Sansa should be able to go. So yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah, Arya, I don't care about the stupid tourney, Arya said. She knew Prince Joffrey would be there, and she hated Prince Joffrey. Sansa lifted her head. It will be a splendid event. And uh, anger flashes across her father's face. Yeah, Enough, Sansa. More of that, and you will change my mind. I am weary unto death, and the endless war between you two are fighting. You are sisters. I expect you to behave like sisters. Is that understood? Yeah, cause she said no one wants you there, Arya. No yeah, one wants basically. you there. Basically, yep. And it's like, uh, and so he's done with that crap. And he doesn't even want the tourney anyway. No, he doesn't want to. No, uh-uh. but um, and then uh, then it's just it's just kind of just kind of a funny thing. So Arya's kind of hanging out here, um, and then she's listening to the people talk. We talked. We actually brought this up in follow up Friday. Yeah, we uh, did. Just when back at Winterfell House, Sir Eddard Stark or Lord Eddard Stark, excuse right. me. Right. Yep. Would always bring people in. And have, you know, old Nan and right. Micken. Yep. And it's just another thing where you get to see, wow, Sir Eddard Stark, Lord Eddard Stark, excuse me, is uh, just great. Yeah, well, he just listens. I mean, it, he, he's, uh, she's remembering advice he gave to Rob, you know, and it, it, he even goes as far as to, like, make sure your men, you know, know you. They'll fight right. for you if they know you. If you're a stranger from far away. That's also why I think sometimes, like, it, it, later on in the series, it would, uh, maybe it's already happened or it will later on. They would come to see other characters have memories of coming to Winterfell and seeing him or him going to them and seeing what was going on and his mm-hmm. 
his area. He's supposed to be keeping track of these things. So to hear it's one thing, but he's that type of Lord that gets up. He's the warden of the North and he's like, I'm going to go to White Harbor. Yeah. I'll I'm go beyond s- the wall. Yeah. I'll, I'll go beyond the wall. I'll go beyond the wall. Yeah. If yeah. I have to. So I, he's, he's defending the, the, the realm there, you know, so he's, he's checking on things and that familiar, that proximity to those right. people helps. Well, think about know, this. When you call your banners, and, you know, I'll bring it up again. Uh, Night of the Seven Kingdoms, Hedge Knight, when yeah. Duncan is um, trying to get people to fight for him in his tourney of seven, he has to get enough people to fight with him. Yeah. He's going and he's asking these high lords and he's like, you know, Sir Arlen of Pennytree fought for you. And they're like, you know, hundreds of knights fought for me. I don't remember him. I'm yeah. not going to waste my life for some hedge knight. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then Baylor Breakspear does, but. Baylor Breakspear is a boss, but he had met him, yeah. and so he knew him, you know. So. Yeah, and he and he had talked and he had spoke with him. Yeah, right. Um, Fossaway, uh, yeah. Ra- is it Raymond? Raymond Fossaway, isn't that the yeah. one who who ends up uh, <laughs> getting knighted? <laughs> but like, it's he had, he had befriended him, right? Yeah, you know, and uh, and stuff. Lionel so. Brathian has to knight him on the spot. Yeah, it's so it's, it's so cool. It's, when he's, so, it's cool. I don't know. so Anyway, back anyways, yeah. back to the chapter. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so, so so we get through that, and essentially Arya just decides she wants to leave. She yeah. she doesn't want to be here anymore. And it's really funny um, where she she stands up, and um, well, because they get into it where she's talking about she's thinking about the butcher's boy. Yeah, he was my upset. he was my friend. Yeah, um, Arya whispered into a plate so that no one could hear, and then she decides she stands up, and Septon Mordain says, "Pray, where do you think you are going, young lady? I'm not hungry." Arya found it in her. Uh, to remember her courtesies and uh may i be excused please is what is what she says right. it's really fun. in the audiobook they do a good job yeah. uh, roy detrice the guy the guy who yeah. reads all the audiobooks i don't believe he's alive anymore no. uh, he actually played someone in the show like a small role he's oh, a, really? one of the he's one of the pyro it was one of the guys that helps with Tyrion with the wildfire yeah okay um but he's just like may i be excused Please. Please, like yeah. it's like you're really like going through yeah. the motions, and like that's rehearsed. how I that's how I envision yeah it, her doing it. Yeah, it, it happened. It so that's funny. Um, so yeah, so basically she ends up just running running off. She runs back to her room and uh, she gets out needle and she kind of starts yeah. playing with it. And then Eddard Stark comes in and uh, right, and Nito, he asks for permission. He does. Like, he's like he's like he's like may I come in? And yeah. you know, it's if he doesn't need it, but like he's just even I don't know. It was just another layer with him yeah. that I love. Yeah, so he, so basically he comes in and he's like, "Who gave you the sword?" And she doesn't say anything. Yeah, and uh, is it the Bravosi sword though? It is a Bravosi sword, which is crazy. But he knows the Maker's Mark. He's like, "Oh, this is Mickens' Mickens' Mark." Yeah, but I just kind of thought I was like, "Wow, it's a style." I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and I watched the scene today, um, the show. Yeah, and there is there's some differences between the show and the book, and the um. And I like some of them both. Yeah. In uh, in the book, really, he just he thinks he's like I should just break this. Or yeah. Take it or take or take it away. Yeah. In the show, he's kind of a little less reluctant. Um, right. To do it, I wish actually they had gotten that line in the show where he ta- where he says he's like, well, you might as well keep it because if you don't, I'll come in. You'll have a morning star under your your pillow. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? And he's yeah. like, who are you thinking about stabbing with this? Right. Your sister. And then he asks the great line. Um, He's, uh, you know, do you know how to use it? And she's like, yeah. uh, stick him with the pointy end. Yeah, that's right. And that's he's right. like, oh, that's, yeah, that's about the, that's, that's, that's about, where it's at. that's about the essence of it. Now, the, the way they do the naming is a little bit different in both. Um, and he just says in, in the show, he's like, oh, the sword has a name. And it's yeah. just, and he, they spend, they spend just a little bit more time on that. And then he goes into talking about how, in the show, he talks about how like we're in a really dangerous place. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't get as much of that. 
no. in the book. He's just like, I just need you guys to be. Yeah, and I feel like this is Arya's point of view. Right. You know, and where it's it, he probably had that thought in his mind, though. I know. You know, it's one of those things that the show kind of took a liberty. And it's like, that's cool. You know, like, yeah. it's probably what he was thinking. Right. So. So. um, And then he he grie- he actually he does in the book. um, He she talks about how she's like, I asked Micah to practice with me. It's my fault. It's my fault. And yep. he takes her in his arms and he's like, no, he's like, you did not kill the butcher boy. It was the hound. Um, yeah. yeah, he says, we all lie, her father said. Or did you truly think I'd believe that Nymeria ran off? Yeah. Yeah. We all lie. Yeah. <laughs> we all lie. I mean, it's, yeah. It's subtle, but it's like he, and he goes on later on to talk about how that lie is of, of, of there's honor in mm-hmm. what you did with Nymeria. Yeah. You know, because she was well, like, and remember, Ned Stark's you? life basically ends with a lie. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I actually kind of wonder if he wouldn't have said that. Sorry to jump way ahead. Like, would he have put his family in more danger? I've often thought, too. No, I don't think so. I, I actually kind of think. Seems to me like Nedard. St- uh, Nedard. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Ed or uh, yeah. you know, Ned. Stark. Yeah. yeah. Ned and Eddard Stark. Um, uh, well, maybe it just you know, seems like he's willing to lie for his family. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is willing to lie. That's what I'm saying. I think the lie by coming out and saying that Joffrey is the one true king, he was trying to go obviously to the Night's Watch, right? You know, and 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 hoping that would protect his family because his his daughters are threatened. You know, and he thinks that will help. I I I know we're jumping way ahead here, but if he wouldn't have if he wouldn't have done that, and he would have held out, and they would have taken his head. I think it would have been worse. Yeah. So, um, but he does he does kind of say. Um, all right, I sit down and need to try and explain some things to you. He's like, you are too young to be burdened with all of my cares, but you are a Stark of Winterfell. You know our words. Winter is coming, Arya whispered. Mm-hmm. The hard, cruel times. We trusted them on the trident child with Bran, and when Bran fell, you were born in the long summer, sweet one. You know nothing else. Um, but winter is truly coming. Remember the sigil of our, ho- of our house, Arya, the dire wolf. Let me tell you something about wolves, child. When the snow falls and the white winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, pretty uh, uh, <laughs> important advice. It is, and and the show, and the, and the show that that was like the trailer for the last season, right? Like they they repeat they they yeah. brought up. They brought up like, I'm surprised they never they never they didn't use that in the show earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. I know it's it's, it's a it's, huge it's, line. It's a huge line. Yeah, 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 and, and it foreshadows a lot for the Stark family. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm kind of surprised too. But. but that's a big one. You know, a lot. So many people theorize about that. About that line, when the snow falls and the white winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Yeah, I can see why they, they <laughs> would, huh? The I yeah. So I don't believe it actually means the lone wolf dies, as in people like Jon Snow is gonna die. You know what I mean? Like eight, like there's gonna be one wolf out there that dies. But when you look at it, and it is the wolves that are by themselves, they don't do well. Right, mm-hmm. Rob. Yeah, doesn't do well. Right. Yep. They need each other. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There might be something to that, though. Huh. That's interesting to really think about what that the lone wolf that would die. That would. Yeah. And the pack survives. I, I know it's just a saying, but it's like you know yeah. people have tried to make an actual connection to right faces and people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Huh. So just uh, just interesting. Yeah. Um, but eventually, what ends up happening is. Uh, 
or he he says, "Well, you're gonna have to learn how to use that sword." That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, three days later, Arya Arya uh, ends up meeting up with a guy. He says, "You're late, boy." A slight man with a bald head and a great beak of a nose stepped out of the shadows, holding a pair of slender wooden swords. Tomorrow you will be here at midday. He had an accent. Uh, the lit of the free cities, Bravosi, perhaps, or Mir. Uh, who are you? Ari asks. I am your dancing master. He tosses one of the wooden blades. She grabs for it, misses. Uh, he says, tomorrow you'll catch it. Now pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is, of course, Sirio Pharrell, a.k.a. Yeah. Jack and Hagar. Yeah, uh, a.k.a. Uh, <laughs> whoever you want him to be, yeah. <laughs> no, but no, no, uh, not necessarily, but... Uh, and then yeah. basically it just ends with her practicing with, yeah. with Jack with Jack uh, with Jack and Hart. It really is. Um but no, <laughs> she is uh is that she's practicing with uh Sirio yeah. Farrell. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Who's one of my favorite characters. Mine too, and I hope I hope there's more. I, I hope do, I mean uh, yeah. when when they talk later on about um the King's Garden and Sir Marin Trent and just how terrible he is and just like it, right. not even just terrible as a person, just a joke of a swordsman. Like the hounds like anyone could beat him. Yeah, exactly, and so and then even Sir Barristan Selmy was like a, a, this. A, they started bringing in people that it's just like, like we weren't bringing in our own people anymore. You know what I mean? It was just it, tur- it turned into a joke of a position, right? Well, so, and, well, and uh, Jamie Lannister. Remember now, this is of course you know you could argue this is definitely not canon at all. But in the show, they have those, and this is weird. So the show has the extra scenes. Mm-hmm. In which they have like the actors playing the characters talking about the histories, yeah. But those are far more book centered than yeah. they are to try. Like they even sometimes I think contradict the show. They do because it's just them reading histories from the books. Yeah, yeah. And like they're not they're kind of retold tales. Yeah. Um. You can find almost all of them on YouTube, and they are awesome. They're really cool. But the one where yeah. Jamie is talking about the Kingsguard book, and it's kind of like from his perspective too. So it's kind of thoughts of those characters. Right. Um, he's talking about how now he's like the King's Guard is a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. When, and here's the thing. He remember he he loves, I think, probably the Arthur idea. Arthur Dane. Yeah, Arthur, the idea that he was brought in by Arthur Dane. And, right. Uh, and he's Gerald the youngest. Member. That's all he ever really wanted. Yeah, Barristan like, Selmy. Like, yeah. Great names, yeah. you know. Um, and Barristan Selmy does say in court, it's like, I cut you all down right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Now, is even it because he's, he's a boss? older in age. Yes, but still... Oh, and he's. I still actually like. I, think... I do. I do not believe. I do not believe that Barrison Selmy, um, when he when Joffrey kicks him out, could take on a like, you know, two handed Jamie Lannister at this point. I don't know. I don't know, money, man. I don't money. know. About see, the... I think Jamie is the only one he would probably have respect for because Jamie was brought in during that. Uh... Right. I just mean. At th- I mean, at this at this point, uh, Barrison Selmy's still a boss, but he's a little. You know. But that's the thing. But is, the other guys in the room, though. Yeah, but that's the other thing is take that take Jamie out of the equation. He could have yeah, cut all yeah. of them down. Why well, just mean? I mean, like even one on one. Let's say. Oh yeah, I yeah. Get you. So, yeah. so Barris is something right now, um, you know, versus say like Jamie Lannister. I don't think he'd think. Oh, I can cut through you. But the fact that he thinks he can cut through any of these Kingsguard. Oh, I know. That, shows I how that. much I of a you were joke. Saying. How much of yeah. a joke they are. Absolutely, it totally. Yeah. Does. Even in his old age, yeah, it, they're a joke. And he does kill. Yeah. He does kill too. He just killed two because city guards, that's the thing. If you're two a red true, hair, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. If if you're if you're a true, um, if you really deserve to be in the King's Guard, you know what I mean. It's it's one thing for you for Arthur Dane to go one on one with somebody, it'd be an epic battle right. with somebody else in the King's Guard, right? Um, but to go to face down two to three of them and to think you could take them out, yeah, that shouldn't be that uh, that, that that shouldn't be the case. Right. You know that one one of seven should be 
super right. boss and powerful. Yeah, so but, Sir Marin Trout, by comparison, I mean, he's like a joke. He's a joke. He's a joke. I don't know if he actually kills Cyril Pharrell. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think he does. I don't care if Cyril Pharrell doesn't have a sword. I don't I mean, care if it says that he did kill him in the yeah. book. He didn't kill him. So, <laughs> so yeah, anyway. So, anyway, we'll we'll dive into that more when we get when we get to that chapter uh, way down way down the line. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it is always fun to speculate. And let us know for Fallout Friday, your Cyril Pharrell theories. Is he Jack and Hagar? Even if he's not, is he still alive? Go look up some crazy theories. We've we've done that ourselves, but it's nice to see if, if you guys find yeah. something that you think is got some validity to it, and you got some yeah, uh, quotes he, in the book. Send it our way. Yeah, because he could he could. Uh, I think the most common one is that he is Jack and Hagar. That they're the same. That they're the same person, the same which person. I'm actually a big believer in. Yeah. Um, but I even without that, I you could still argue he's still alive. Oh, absolutely! You can argue, yeah, for sure. I think you can argue that he's that he's alive, yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's a neat little chapter. There's not a whole lot there. It's just more development for Arya mm-hmm. and kind of a, another perspective in King's Landing, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, you know, and the, the the best part about it is the end. Her getting yeah. trained, you know. Yeah. So, and okay. that's the thing. That's her thing, you know. She keeps, she's gonna keep getting more and more skills. Yeah. So, so all right, let's go ahead and move on over to. Let me pull it up on my phone here. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys, our tech uh, for this episode is a little it's all, wild. It's a little all over the place. So here, I have a, I have a, I have a, a quite long raven. Okay. But uh, here we go. Sure. This is from uh, Irene. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Lords Matt and Ezra. Wow. My name is Irene. I hail from the mountains, kingdoms of Montana. First of all, beautiful country. Nice. That's actually it is. Really cool. I've been to Montana. It is so. It's just nice. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a new listener to Bend the Knee, and I love it. someday. I hope to be in the position to contribute and become a patron. Cool. I have never. I have house words picked out already, and everything. <laughs> never kneel before good. the unworthy. That's pretty. Wow. wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, recently, I was listening to your Top 10 Politicians episode and realized I had a question for you. I heard this while watching a YouTube channel discussing, discussing Game of Thrones, but I don't know what interview or blog post that Gurr stated it in or if it's 100% accurate. This person was speculating about things and offhandedly mentioned that Gurr once said that the orig- originally he didn't plan on Daenerys having her own dragons, but eventually put them in after being convinced by his publisher. I attempted to imagine what A Song of Ice and Fire would be without these magical beasts. Um, and maybe it's because I am not politically savvy, but I couldn't. How um, would Danny have taken the Unsullied or gotten safely away from the Sons of the Harpy or dealt with anything else um, without the scaly trio prominently featured? Hmm. I don't doubt that she would have thought of something um, as Danny is not stupid and does have some wise advisors and great fighters around her, and that it would have been impressive and interesting to read. But once again, I have no idea how it would have happened. Um, even if this report isn't right, I was curious to see if you had any thoughts on it and what you think the story would look like if Martin Martin had not um, given Danny the dragons. Okay. I understand that... Uh, let's see. I understand that you're uh, interested in learning how your listeners got into Game of Thrones, so I will share my story. Oh, sweet. Um, when I was 12 or so, my mom worked for a local bookstore that had um, a policy about um, allowing employees one free book a week. Jeez, that sounds like a... That's great. Can I work there? <laughs> yeah. Um, over time, she was able to get me all five, which I had decided to wait and read until they were. I had all that were available. When that happened, I sat down and cracked open the first, only to quickly discover that I was a bit too young at the time to actually consume them. Mm-hmm. I sat, uh, set them aside when they collected dust for a few years until my friend wouldn't shut up about this amazing TV show he'd discovered. Yeah. 
As you can guess, this was Game of Thrones. I didn't get, uh, give in and start watching it right away, though, as I love um, reading. I decided to give the books another chance. I was then in my late teens and re- uh, ready this time. After reading book one, I bought the first two seasons of the show and watched them back to back over a weekend. By then, I was obsessed and couldn't get enough of the world, characters, and fantastic story. So, obviously, I splurged and bought three more seasons. The fifth had been released on Blu-ray, but the sixth season hadn't aired on TV yet. Since uh, it's much easier to watch something instead of reading the book that's near and sometimes over a thousand pages, I watched all the seasons before I finished the books. Naturally, that meant I spoiled myself for the books, but as we all know, they are much denser, full of extra characters, and split off from each other after a while away, so there are still plenty of surprises and and, uh, great reads. On a somewhat unrelated to know i listened to the first episode of avada kedavra and uh greatly enjoyed it i haven't laughed so hard in a long time and it felt so good on itunes there are no further episodes and i was wondering if they were somewhere else or if you hadn't had the time to make them by the way i'm a huge snape fan even though uh i don't always agree with his decisions i wish you good fortune in the wars to come oh Irene. My okay so there's gosh. a lot to unpack there so first let's just kind of begin with her story um okay and her story uh and so yeah just great I think it's neat. I think that's first of know, all. Where's this bookstore? Because I I'd be down to work there. Yeah, you can you work there and and it's, we're family, just, and so you just, can just uh, get me a like book. free yeah. books. Yeah, I'd move to Montana. Yeah, I mean, that's great. You know, well, I think it's neat. I, I think a lot of people, you know, that's the idea. Is you've you've uh, well, we talked about at the top of the show. You know, the, in bookstores, I know uh, people were not pushing Game of Thrones back right. before the show came out as much as they were Wheel of Time. Uh, now it's the opposite. So completely makes sense to me. Uh, why that has passed Wheel of Time, you know, sales. Right. Um, and well, the show. I think the show totally changed yeah. this. Oh yeah, this it's, franchise. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's done everything for it. You know. Um, so, anyways, and, and and you know, yeah. I don't know. A lot of people. It was so. Again, back to not to take away from this, but like it was the second series that was recommended to me. First, I was recommended Wheel of Time. Uh, if you don't like that, here's this Game of Thrones thing. That's how that's how it went. Now it's the opposite. So yeah. it's neat that you know uh, that that she went back to it, and uh, you know, and it's and like as she said, it's okay to spoil yourself on the on the show and then go back and hit the books because they are different. They are completely different. Um, I like and I like them both uh, differently. Yeah, yeah. There I are do things. Too. I, there are things I really like that the show does. Things I really, I actually I watched. Uh, I watched the first two seasons and I was like, okay, this is sweet. Then I download. I think like three and four. I watched three. Three had was just coming out, and then I've watched since, and then I dove into the books later, yeah. much, much later yeah. into it. Um, yeah. um, so, no, so back to her first question. No, 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 no. Okay, uh, Avada Kedavra. Let's. Oh, okay, let's Avada Kedavra. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was uh, just for anyone actually who is new and was like, "What is this?" Uh, it was posted on April first. It was our April Fool's joke. Uh, we said it. In, we said it in the thing, but you know, sometimes we get new listeners who kind of just jump in where we're at. Yeah. So yeah. just uh, yeah. So that was that was just an April Fool's joke. Um, we have some friends that do a uh, Harry Potter podcast, and we are actually just spoofing them. Yeah. Um, entirety. We do everything that they don't like. We did it. We did a total Opposite, reverse thing. Yeah. They're yeah. In the Harry Potter world, they are very anti Snape. So we were saying we. We're very he actually Snape. is my favorite character. He, he's, in, I love in, Snape in, too. In, in, that, in that series, though, but he's really uh, cool. I know. Yeah. So uh, you never know. We, we you never know. We might do we, it. We we've always we've joked about about yeah. doing about 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 just actually doing the series from that kind of perspective. Yeah. Um. So back okay to your to your actual question. Um. Yeah. The idea of Daenerys not having dragons. So you can find online Gurr's original scr- kind of script and outline. For the books, which is supposed to be a trilogy, and in it, there's a lot of things that you know he clearly changed. Um, like I think originally his plan was for John to marry Arya, kind of in the end, um, and wow. it, was to, it was supposed to be like three books, and uh, just yeah, some totally 
totally different. Different things. And I think Joffrey was actually going to be like the final kind of villain. Yeah. Um, huh. and stuff like that. And you know, obviously things change. And he had just written. If you watch the interview of how he even actually came up with the idea of Game of Thrones. It's funny. Um, so he has Night Flyers coming out, right? And yeah. I would actually argue that Gurr is more of a science fiction guy yeah. mm-hmm. uh, than he is a fantasy guy. Yep. It started out, um, and I've just, uh, there's a really great interview with him. It's like an hour long. Um, it was kind of a documentary interview and his podcast that we his found. podcast, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that he did. They're like, On his website. Six, they're like six episodes and like 10 minutes each. But he talks about just writing and he talks about like just write as much as possible. And he yep. wrote a lot of short stories. And uh, he said that Game of Thrones essentially started out just simply as a chapter. He just thought of one chapter, and it's, it's the first chapter, not the prologue, mm-hmm. of just he's, he's had this idea of this young boy um, and his father having to behead someone because he has to, like, you know, fulfill justice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's basically how it happened. And I think he just kind of wrote out a manuscript for Game of Thrones. He kind of took it to a publisher, and here's yeah. what I'm thinking. And then uh, yeah. they said, yeah, we love it. And uh, then he just started writing, and it just evolved the from rest, there. Yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. So, well, I think so. You know, to your point, it probably is. So, I don't. I don't. I hadn't heard that he had thought Daenerys could do these things without without dragons. I think but she I could, based on her character now. Yeah, I think she could too. And there, there are there. Are, and so, um, Irene was asking, what are some ways in which she could have, you know, gotten through, you know, right. amassed this big host and taken Marine and uh, young guy and. Uh, right. Astapor and all that kind of stuff. I you want to go first, or you want me to kind of share? No, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I I just think the idea that so I think you would still have to think just real quick for for yeah. context. I think you would still have to believe that everything up until the dragons mm-hmm. would go the same way. So Cal Drogo would still die. Yeah. Let's say maybe she doesn't have dragons, but she can still she's still fireproof. So the dragons yeah. just don't awake. So she just wakes up and she's standing there. Fireproof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, well, yeah. And there's already evidence in the first book that she has dragon dreams right she sees things you know and so i think she would have uh, that power those things could have awoken she might have you know seen things that were going to happen and kind of use that to her advantage Mm -hmm. uh possibly um you know again her she uses marriage a lot to and and to win right you know um win over forces or to to keep a a city uh, you know in a state of peace um uh, let me let me think. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ways where she could have been successful. What do you got? Well, um, so yeah, so okay, so going from the moment, let's just say she's, and I'm going to use that term fireproof mm-hmm. with air quotes because a lot of people discuss de- debate uh, the level of right. Is it fireproof? Is it dragon fire? Is it because um, there's kind of evidence on both sides? But let's just say that that, that from that moment, well. We still don't know the kind of Varus Illyrio plan, mm-hmm. and that could have a huge part of it. Maybe Young Griff is actually Aegon, and maybe their plan was, well, let's get Daenerys this, let's get Daenerys this this army. Let's like maybe maybe their plan actually was because the cows kill each other all the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe their plan was, well, we could maybe kind of get this army, and we don't know. Maybe. Um, Maybe maybe their plan actually was to raise another cow and kind of take it over somebody that would work for them or something. And so then you have this big army and then you can bring it in and have um, young Griff, even if he is a black fire, yeah. um, kind of marry Daenerys. And you kind of unify, hey, the Targaryens are back. And then maybe that's your launching point. So I would imagine that young Griff would have something more to play with it. I mean, clearly the dragons changed 
everything. Yeah. So maybe that. So maybe we'll actually. We could still see this. Maybe we, maybe we'll get told what their plan was, and maybe they'll say something along the lines and yeah. like, until dragons changed it. Well, you know, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I think if the publishers were pushing, let's say they're pushing dragons, we need them in now, bring them back. You know, right. and Gurr wasn't planning on that. I think then in my mind, um, Daenerys would have actually have been um, Aegon. And would have been Young Griff, and that okay. would have been the the, the plan from the, the get go. Yeah, it's just like you say, published the publishers say dragon, so he says, all right, well I'll send her into the Dothraki Sea, and she's gonna, right. you know, have at this wedding be presented with dragon eggs, you know, whatever. He, she could have the whole other thing could have happened with if it, if in his mind, I don't know where he was with the histories, you know, that he has these ideas about you know the Targaryen family and offshoot Blackfire family and the Golden right. Company and all that, all yeah. that stuff, you know, could have been in his mind. Um, and he could have all changed it just because I got to bring dragons into this. Or maybe his so. plan was for maybe his plan actually was for dragons, and he just wanted them later, later down, or the, more down subtle. the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. like maybe it's maybe it's like oh she gets dra- maybe it's like some of the same things happen, and she gets dragons down the line, and that's like oh this is, she's the real deal. Yeah, right maybe- now because right now we have young Griff. Actually, I really like your point with that. Yeah. Is that we have young Griff who maybe he's a false Aegon. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. the idea was Daenerys would be the, considered. What? Maybe she would be considered oh a false person. Yeah, yeah. And then no, no, she's the real deal. You know, another thing that could have happened too. Um, even if you're going back to your original line of thought there, um, she had let's say you know she, uh, Cal Drogo dies and whatnot. She could have set out for Valeria. And maybe yeah. maybe she was planning on, you know, finding some magical power or something else there that that could help her. Or maybe Gur didn't want the dragons to be born that way. But it's like they're still abound. They're still out there. Right. You know, like a shy. There's well, maybe maybe rumor. maybe it's uh, kind of. I don't think it happened. I'm, now I'm, this is where the show and, and books are kind of messing with me. In the show, when she is at oh god, what's it called? Where all the old wives go. Oh, Vastoth, uh, Vastothrak. Vastothrak. No, that's like the city. There's like a specific name for it. In the show where she's in there, and then yeah. it burns down, and it she's is left. A sacred city, and, yeah. and, and she's left standing, yeah. and basically she walks out, and all of the people see her, and they're like, yeah. "Oh crap!" So at the end of the first book, basically the same thing happens, except it's just a much smaller group. Yeah. And so maybe his plan was for that scene to happen. Yeah, and she takes over, and she and and she and they and they all just kind of like right then and there, like oh, and then she has an army. Yeah, right. And if it was because remember his original plan was maybe three books, mm-hmm. so maybe yeah. she would get dragons at like the end of the second book. Yeah. His original plan may have not even had the may have not even had the White Walkers. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. You know I mean, that- it could maybe his original plan would have just been like his original plan would have been say. Ice versus fire. You know what I mean? Like you just have all that she you have this conqueror trying to come take back their throne and then somehow it, you know, ends up Yeah. You never know. Right. So I think it's a good question. It's it's neat to think about what the author was intent you know, intended, you know. Right. So the process. So cool. So, That's pretty neat. Thanks. All honey. right, guys. We do not have a uh knighting ceremony this week, but I believe Sir Ezra actually was a kind of an event yeah. this week where we actually ran into Lady Beverly. Yeah, Lady and, Beverly, one uh, of our patrons and uh We want to thank her big time. So I yeah. actually had a chance uh to knight her at a little festival uh myself. Um it was pretty pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Uh she's just a good she's just a good person, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to, to meet her at that festival, and uh, she got to talk to Sir Matt, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we, a, we have a little phone phone combo. Yeah. So Weirwood so, Network. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 will do for our knighting ceremony. Yeah, uh, if we ever if if you ever like 
follow us on Instagram and stuff like that, and you say, hey, like, you know, just happen to be in the same place, same time, yeah, we'll knight you. If it's at the grocery store, <laughs> right. whatever. If you run into us, <laughs> I mean, sometimes we'll, we'll perform some impromptu you know, nighting ceremonies. If you're in a situation where it's a trial by seven and, and we don't have enough, well, that's fine. Yeah. We have the power to knight you. Yeah, so. I'm not Baylor Breakspear in it, though, but. Uh, no, I'm yeah. not doing that either, But I will <laughs> no, knight somebody. I'm not doing that. I'll knight a foss away if I have to. Okay. Yeah. All righty, guys. Well, that is our show. Uh, we would like to thank you for playing a Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 23, Daenerys 3. Yeah. Uh, if, you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review. Uh, send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in one week. And remember, fire and blood. <laughs>